I make some fantastic tactical insights. You know this. You do, but but they're on a lunar calendar. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Craven. He likes white ravens, and he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter. It's banter behind the throne. Hello and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. I'm Dave Bamford and I'm your king of the castle. And I'm joined today by my water technician, Mr. Thomas Peel. Hello. And returning from the dead, Mr. Lol Craven. Say hello. Hello. Do you remember how to work Skype? <laughs> yeah, I do. It's a pleasure to be back using Skype, actually. Because when I left many years ago, we were using that terrible Zencaster nonsense. And it's nice to be back here. When Zencaster worked, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing for that one episode. Yeah, yeah, but one time it worked. It was great. It was beautiful. Uh, okay, so do you remember how to play Thrones? Do you remember what Thrones is? Craven? Uh, yes, I'm still here. Oh, you cut out. <laughs> Back on for two minutes. <laughs> and- um, yes, I do remember how to play Thrones. I, uh, I played a bit of Thrones yesterday, actually, on Octagon. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I made some on Rage Quit, which was nice. That is mm. nice. Yeah. Back to your old ways. Uh, yeah. What have you been doing in your interim? Because the last time we had you was our quiz episode, and you only made the first time, the first half of that. Yes, um, so I, uh, I launched a failed military coup in Turkey. Um, that didn't go so well. Um, and then uh, I've basically been in the bath the entire time. Yeah, Have yeah. Got granny very, fingers. I got very dirty launching that coup, so um, <laughs> I had a bath. Uh, what else have I done? Um, I I beat Dark Nodge in the Octagon tournament. That is good to hear. Um, that was good. So in second edition, we are three and zero against Beyond the Wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he was playing an experimental deck, and I, I wasn't. So, Shut up. <laughs> yeah, um, but that's pretty good. Um, and, I mean, obviously, I've been absent from, from the scene, but as you know, I edited last week's show, didn't I? I did. Um, and in the course of editing last week's show, I was, I was taken by a story, um, and all three of you spent a little bit of time being a bit nasty about this. And you was all taking the mickey out of donkey sanctuaries, weren't you? We were, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So I was I was moved by that story, um, and I stopped doing what I was doing, and I've adopted us a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. So um, we are now the proud owners of... Uh, I'm saying owners. I'm not sponsoring him. This donkey's mine. It's just a matter of time before I go and collect him. Um <laughs> But um, we now own a miniature donkey called Cisco. <laughs> wow. Cisco. Because Cisco makes your booty go. And he um, <laughs> he lives in Birmingham. And I figured that was a good place to get a donkey because we regularly go to Birmingham <laughs> for tournaments and so forth. Um, we are. Yeah. 
So the next time I actually go um, to Birmingham, we're going to make a little stop at the Donkey Sanctuary. We're going to drop in and have a photograph taken with Cisco, <laughs> holding, <laughs> holding some um, sort of art cards and stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I thought I'm not having this. You're being a bit mean about the donkey sanctuary, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna reverse it, um, right. and then uh, in in sort of future episodes, I'm gonna put together a kind of fundraising drives, and then they're gonna get a, a check from Banter Behind the Throne, and they'll be like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, so yeah, anyway, I was taken by Cisco mainly because of his location. I'll be honest, because I wanted one in Birmingham, um, but also because of his name. Because obviously we all re- all remember the Fong song, so there we go. And when I read Cisco's description, um, and Cisco is a miniature donkey with a larger-than-life personality, which so far so nice. But then it says, "This dauntless little donkey is a natural organizer who makes sure all his stablemates are doing exactly what they should do." And I thought that kind of sounds like what I do on the show. So um, he's perfect for us. So there we go. <laughs> We now own a donkey. Have you got a picture of Cisco? Um, um, not yet, no. My certificate is in the post. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but I will get regular updates, and I'll write to them and let them know that he's been adopted by a podcast, and um, I'll send him, send some sort of cards and see if we can get some pictures taken with him. And, um, yeah, so there we go. We've got a donkey. That was unexpected. <laughs> of course it was. I thought you'd enjoy that. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> You know my thoughts on donkeys from last week. Well, this is it. <laughs> They're quite cheap, so why stop there? I might get the whole lot. <laughs> Just order all the donkeys. <laughs> They're quite cheap. <laughs> There's a picture with you with all these donkeys crowded around you. Just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> well, yeah. So um, that's what I've been doing. Uh, tried to topple the uh, regime in Turkey. That failed. Had a massive bath. Played some thrones. Adopted a donkey. And, and now I'm back. All in all, that sounds like a productive couple of weeks. This week we've got a multitude of topics to talk about. Uh, so many topics that we had to cut some. Uh, Peel, can you stop putting Alan Partridge gifts in the chat? Because it makes it difficult to scroll back up again. I um, found... <laughs> I know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Um So this week we're going to be discussing uh, UK nationals. Long-time listeners of the show know that this is one of our favourite topics. We spent about six weeks in a row discussing it last year um, yeah. and uh, we'll be discussing it next year as well, not next week even because uh, it is this weekend then we're going to talk about Gen Con which is like nationals for American people but better because it's it's like it's like Starlek for, it's like, I don't know it's cross between, it's North American Championships but it's not as good as Starlek but neither's Worlds so you can't really hold it against them um, but it's not quite nationals it's a bit more than that it's uh, kind of like the UK Games Expo if people who went there actually cared about what they were doing. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, uh, by that, I mean manufacturers and stuff. <laughs> not the players. You get all the big manufacturers going, don't they? They show off the new toys. Yeah, I thought you were uh, just saying that Tagore had an easy win at the regional. Oh, oh the regionals are competitively hollow. Is that, <laughs> is that, uh, what, I meant to, is that what I meant to say? I, I've heard <laughs> that about the UK before. Shades of Seth Low Pass. (laughs) I've heard that he's uh, supposed to be mentioned in approximately 12% of podcasts across the year. Um, And so we just got to get our numbers up. I thought about getting him on for like a performance review after every major tournament. It's like, Seth, well, 
it's good, but it's just not good enough. I, I expect better from yeah. you. I, I really want you to get a win this time. Uh, but we'll see. I haven't broached the idea with him or his handler, Corey. Um, so after we talk about Nationals, we're going to talk about Gen Con. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the draft set that came out of Gen Con. And then we're going to talk about some cards that were spoiled today, right on FFG's website, um, just before I left work. Ooh, lovely. And one of them is an agenda, which is a champ card. So that's going to be super fun. Uh, but first up, before we start, anything else before Nationals? No, not from me. Fantastic. Bill? I'm currently looking at pictures of donkeys. That's about it. You're lost for the next 20 minutes then. Okay, so... Yep. Nationals is this weekend in Birmingham. It's on Sunday, if anyone wants to come along. Uh, you will have to pay on the day now. They've closed all the pre-booking. Uh, uh, for clarification to our international listeners, that is UK Nationals. Um, yeah. Just don't, don't, don't go, <laughs> go to Birmingham, uh, Alabama. America. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not going to have a good time there. <laughs> hey, you, well, you never know, you might do. Oh, you've never been there, you can't touch um, no, we're not going to have a good time in Birmingham, UK. There <laughs> 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 was the Nationals. Um, so, yeah, we're off to Birmingham. It's on Sunday. If you play the other FFG games, you can come and play them as well. Um, there's Star Wars on the Saturday, Conquest, no, Star Wars on the Friday, Conquest on the Friday, um, Netrunner and X-Wing, and Imperial Assault the other days, and, of course, Thrones on the Sunday. It is a big shame that we've got, uh, I think, 90-something players pre-registered. But we're doing the entire tournament in one day. That's going to be hard. So it's fucking horrible. Yeah, it's going to look. I mean, like we've all been to Starlek. It's you know, it's not out of the realms of possibility to do that. But it's looking like it's going to be you know, like seven rounds of Swiss top sixteen or seven rounds of Swiss top thirty-two or something like that. It's going to be a long day, and they're doing it on a Sunday. Um, and you got up for ten a.m. No, nine a.m. Uh, in the morning. Yeah, and I mean, what? like. I'm saying this now. It's going to be a fucking disaster. You're going to be playing at two in the morning. There is I can't. I've got work the next day. I'm gonna. If it gets to that point, I'm just gonna to have to go. Right, I lose, and then just leave. Well, we'll I could say something well. horrible now, but I, I, I won't say it. I won't say it. You know for a fact I'm gonna make the top sixteen, Craven. It's been. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yes, I do. I believe in you. Um, I've pulled off some surprising victories in my time. I just haven't pulled off many consecutively. Yeah, but, yeah, but in what game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in your uh, Cthulhu CCG days. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you've consistently improved national-wise, Peel. Two years ago, uh, you didn't even make the top 60. Uh, <laughs> but part of that was the absence of your body from Birmingham. Uh, but last year, you missed the cut on strength, strength of schedule. Which uh, does just show how competitively hollow the UK is. (laughs) 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 Um, Sorry, (laughs) that was more harsh. (laughs) This is my year. (laughs) That's that's the title of the episode, sorted. (laughs) Or competitively hollow. (laughs) Yeah. Oh dear. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be brutal. And it's annoying because Star Wars... You know, I love Star Wars, and I'll be playing Star Wars. But Star Wars is starting midday Friday, and the cut is on the Saturday. And there's only like twenty something players registered for Star Wars. That makes so much more sense. Yeah, like, but Star Wars <laughs> cuts take forever. Yeah, they do. But there's only twenty something people, so you can feasibly do that entire thing in a day. So why don't you move? I mean, it takes a lot less room 
so it won't be clashing with Netrunner. But really, they should have had Thrones on the Friday with the cut on the Saturday, and then Star Wars on the Sunday. I, uh, no, they should have put Thrones on Saturday. Well, the thing is, Netrunner yeah. takes Prime Position Net- as the card games. That needs to be on the Saturday with the cut on the Sunday, because it's the biggest one. Fuck Netrunner. Well, yeah, obviously fuck Netrunner, but I understand why they've done that. Um, but Thrones is too big for one day. Uh, and I, I say this as someone who likes long, big, big, long tournaments. People with endurance hot, uh, like play well over those. Yeah. So yeah. Um, doesn't bother me. I, I, I can tell you now, whoever makes the cut on the Sunday, I bet you at least half are going to have to drop out. Yeah, if you finish in like 18th, 19th place, don't go home. Yeah, you're probably going to make it. If, if yeah. you can stay, if you're willing to stay. But the thing is, it's a, the, it would be fine if it was a Saturday and it was on one day. I've got no issue with that at all. But because it's a Sunday and people are going to be like myself needing to get back for work the next day and they are travelling in, I've worked out I'm going to have to leave my house at 7am in order to get there on time. Yeah. Which means to get home, it's going to take the same amount of time. Yeah, I think it's a really, really um, shoddy organisation. Yet again, um, <laughs> I have been very, very unimpressed with the amount of piss-poor organisation of events this year across the board. Um, I think it is unacceptable that you finish events in fucking pubs on Saturday nights. Um, I think it's terrible planning that you expect people to be playing until gone midnight on a Sunday um, after a full weekend when you're charging people the fucking audacious amount of £25 to take part um, sort yourselves out it's bollocks it's it's, made, it's terrible I, the thing is I understand it's going to pay for people's flights to go to nationals I get that that's fantastic but at the same time 25 quid 15 would have been enough I mean if there's 90 people registered at 15 quid that's still over a grand that's enough to rent the thing for a day and that's enough to pay for the price support. Well, are no, they actually sending? Are they sending someone? Are they actually planning for flights? Because oh, I have yeah, 25... yeah. all the games I think have flights to Worlds this year. I oh, will, good. I would not be shocked if Star Wars doesn't. There may be. A, I know in France you've got to hit like fifty players to get the flights. Put it this way, Dave. But the twenty-five quid, if they're not sending you to America, they must be doing something better with the money. But I can't think of anything. Yeah, specifically me. Send me to America. <laughs> yeah, or me when I win this year. Oh, you know oh, what yeah. happened? If you win, we'll get our we'll get our money out again. Don't you worry. Cheers, babes. Um, um, and also, if you're going to nationals, it's your last chance to play uh, conquest at a national tournament in this country because the game's probably getting cancelled in about six it's shit. Time. Yeah, so um, it, yeah, get in there while you can. It's looking like FFG. It's not looking good, is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's not looking great. Um, <laughs> I mean, all joking aside, I've heard some sort of rumours from a lot of sources that Games Workshop are pushing to have a licence back or something along those lines, um, which will almost certainly put the brakes on any more Conquest stuff. Uh, And my personal preference about that game aside, obviously that's really shit news for anyone that's taken that up, and that's not fair, and you do have my sympathy. Yeah. It sounds like, because obviously uh, Games Workshop is starting to make more board games in-house. Uh, Warhammer Quest, um, they've done Space Hulk in the past, that kind of thing. Uh, so it seems like, to me at least, this is a a license issue that stems from board games and has had an impact on Conquest, rather mm. than they've got a specific in- issue with Conquest. So maybe they'll lose the rights to board games, but keep the card games. Because I can't imagine... Um, 
Games Workshop are going to produce a card game like that. You never know if it makes some the, money. Yeah, I don't think they've got the uh, the knowledge, though. No, they've never done it before, as far as I'm aware. And uh, they wouldn't be running tournaments in their in their uh, shops for it. No. So, although Warhammer World's a cool place for a national tournament, I'm sure. Warhammer World is, nice. is pretty cool. Yeah, and the mm. museum is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're ever in Nottingham, dear listeners, Warhammer World is worth checking out. So is um, Hooters. Yes, it's also one of like two Hooters <laughs> in the UK. The wings are terrible, though. If you eat enough of them, they get better. Oh, Last yeah. time I was in there, I had 50 wings and a pitcher of beer, and it was good. Yeah, fair enough. Um, quantity over quality at, at the UK Hooters, certainly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> Take from that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, where was I? Nationals. Nationals. If you do go to Nationals and you're not playing games all day, like my brother John, uh, there are side events. I don't know if you guys have seen mention of the side events. I have, yep. Yeah. So uh, you find yourself a couple of mates. I think it's generally four people a side event, and uh, you have the opportunity to do like a little tournament, like a uh, you know two-round elimination tournament, or a melee, or a four-man X-wing game, or something like that. Um, and the player who wins gets a ticket, and you can exchange the tickets uh, like points for you get prizes. Um, and they've got a lot of prizes out of the vault. There's uh, tokens from the Baratheon regional kit in 2014. There's um, like the Scum and Smugglers Star Wars dual-sided cards from the same year. Uh, all the way up to like more recent game night kits, like the good promos in there, the rare cards, the tokens, that kind of thing. Um, lots of top four prizes from the last few years for various games. Uh, right the way up to all the swag from Gen Con this year. This isn't the Nationals mm. kit from Origins, which was reused at Gen Con, which they are using as part of the main prize support. But this is the Altart Jon Snow, which was uh, given out to participants of the Gen Con draft. And the uh, the holographic Night's Watch house card, uh, which was given out to I think like uh, the winner of the melee or maybe the top four of the melee and um, people who made the graduated cut. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, I think it's four tickets you need to win for the Night's Watch card, which is quite a lot of side events to play, especially if you've got your eyes on anything else. But it's a cool system to get people playing competitively really on the weekend. And, uh, of course, we're happy to find out that first edition is actually... Um, first edition counts for this. Oh. Yeah. So, if you want to take your first edition decks along, do so, because you might find someone or four people that want to have a game, and you can win some tickets for it, which is nice. Uh, whether or not Alec will give us some tickets to run a Highlander draft, I don't know. I'd like to hope he does. Um, but I'm not optimistic. So, uh, Alex, pretty cool guy. He'll probably let you do that. Yeah, we'll ask. <laughs> um, okay. So that's uh, that's mostly nationals. Peel, have you decided what you're going to play yet? Or do you want to not talk about it? I'm I'm going to keep it a secret, babe. I'm going competitive. You're not going to win by giving the game away, are you? No, this is this is true. This is true. I can tell you now. It's not traditionally. I wouldn't say. It's not traditionally well. It's not traditionally weak, but it's not a traditional pairing at this point in time. I don't think. 
No, I think I've seen it once or twice, but not not much, certainly. Yeah. So we're going for it. We're definitely going for the wins. Okay. Uh, so that's Nationals. Come along. It'll be fun. Uh, we'll have some Heads on Spikes promos to give out, which will be nice. Yeah, last point on Nationals. We are meeting for a curry at half past seven on the Saturday. Anyone who wants to join us is welcome to. Uh, shoot me a message on the Facebook page if you not if you don't know us before, um, and we'll let you know where we are. I think we're meeting at the the hotel the event is held at at seven thirty on Saturday. So do come along to that. It'll be top banter, and we normally get a pretty decent deal because we go out in in force to these things. Um, so yeah, Gen Con. Have you guys been keeping up with the Gen Con news? I've been keeping up with um, news coming out of Gen Con, but not necessarily all Thrones related. Um, I tend to really enjoy the Team Covenant stuff that they do when Gen Con's on, because you get to see a lot of um, like new products and things coming out uh, in quite good detail. So yeah, I've kind of kept up to date with it, but I don't know the meat and the bones, so go for it. Okay, so the first and main event was the Joust. Ooh. And they had about, what does that mean? Joust, Joust is the two-player variant of Thrones. Uh, right. Or actually, in fact, it, now it is the only variant. It is the main game. Whereas in 1.0, it was, in fact, the variant in the back of the book. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, which is weird. It's really difficult mm. to read the rules where it's just like, you know, first you reveal your plots, and then you choose titles. And I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> choose, choose an opponent. Well, yeah. The one in front of me, I want to choose. <laughs> there might be more. Oh, God. Like, just teach me it and put the melee rules in the back and all together in one section, like yeah. where you need them. Oh, that was a, a bad core set. Anyway, anyway, Gen Con. I think, I want to say they had 220 players-ish. I heard that earlier. I don't know if that's true. Sounds like a lot, but it's still not as big as Starlek, so no worries. Um, that is, it, they did six rounds of Swiss. And then the top 48, I believe, or top 46, it was uh, the top 32 with the next, yeah, top 48, the next 16 people who are on the same uh, points as the person in 32nd. I'm already confused. Right, okay, so what they do is they cut to top 32. Yeah. uh, And then they look at the record of the person in 32nd, and if he's 4-2, they then allow up to 16 players on 4-2 through to the cut as well. Right. And in this instance, there were like five people on 4-2 who missed out uh, because they were like, you know, 49th to 55th or whatever. Uh, so 48 players went through to the graduated cut, which was held the next day. And they're the people that got the uh, the Night's Watch spot gloss uh, card. They do then uh, they then do another three rounds of Swiss uh, and then they cut to top eight. The benefit of this is that it is doing more rounds of Swiss with a smaller cut which is generally uh, better because it minimises variance. You're less likely to get knocked out uh, in, the thir- in the top 32 by someone like that's sneaked in because you've been yeah. winning consistently through Swiss and the, the lo- you can have a late loss and it won't affect you so much. So uh, Chris Chantal, who went 6-0 and on Saturday, then lost his next two games, won his ninth game and made the cut top eight. Um, if it had been six, if it had been six or seven rounds and then a top cut straight away and he lost his game, he would have been out. But alas, no, he he went on, he got to play again. Uh, the negative part of this is the fact that some people in that top forty-eight, even if 
the you know some guys go zero and three that were doing really well the day before, and they go three and zero. There, are, there is the potential that some of them will just never make the cut. It is not mathematically possible for them to make the cut. And then you ask, why the hell are they there? Yeah. But apparently, for mathematical reasons, they had to do it this way. I, I don't like it, but I think it's better to bring too many people back. And if they drop, they drop. Um, than it is to cut too small and have people on like five and one miss. Yeah, that that does sound shite. Yeah. So uh, it's also um, a nice uh, a nice point where you can say, well, I didn't make the cut, but I made the second day. Which can be a bit better than saying, well, you know, I made top 48. It's like, nope, I made the second day, and that is good. So it's kind of an extra benchmark. Didn't quite make the cut, but if you're consistently making the second day in big tournaments, people know that you, you know, a decent chance of doing well. Which is cool. Oh, yeah, that's reasonable. Um, so, yeah, so, a couple of, there were several dramas at Gen Con. The first of which uh, was someone uh, had a. They won a game and it was misreported. Not by them, not by their opponent, but FFG misentered it. Ooh. Yeah. And the misentry, they then went They went on to their next game, won their next game, and uh, knew they would make the cut, and they didn't make the cut because FFG had uh, missed it and paired them incorrectly, and so on and so forth. So they missed the cut. Uh, and basically, FFG said. We're really sorry, but you know, on your bike, which oh, I don't think is the right thing to do. I think they should have um, given him the extra points. And fuck me, they should have moved heaven and earth to rectify that. Yeah, i i if if that had happened to someone at Blackwater, I would have been mortified. And apparently, Danny, uh, the guy who's taken over a lot of the responsibility from Nate and who ran the tournament, was legitimately mortified, and he went to you know someone higher up who said this is what we're going to have to do, we're going to have to just say no. Um, but it, they, they, apparently they've said it's the responsibility of the player to check the standings after each round. And, uh, which, well, you know, we often say that at tournaments, you know, at Blackwater we called out, everyone check their standings like every two rounds to make sure um, make sure we've recorded your points correctly because otherwise it's going to fuck everything up later down the line. Uh, yeah, but, but to be fair, Blackwater's run by you and Tagore in like a sweaty room in London. Yeah. You aren't the people who make the game. I think there's an extra element of expectation upon FFG to run the North American Championships a bit of a tighter ship than perhaps you and Tagore might be expected to do in London. This is but that's just my sort of take on it. But wow, that's awful. Yeah, if this had happened at Starlek, I would expect them to rectify it. Yeah. And that's a fan mate, fan run tournament. Um, yeah, so that was the first of the dramas. Uh, what was next? Um, Kid Seafelt got eliminated from. He missed the top eight because of his second tiebreaker. He drew. Uh, they're on equal power at time. And then they counted the number of cards in their deck and they had drawn exactly the same number of cards. But hey, Kid was had... that a tiebreaker? Oh, yeah, you know they've changed draws now. No. Right, okay. Draws are no longer a thing. You cannot draw. It is impossible. Okay. Uh, if you draw, you check. You know, if you go to time, whoever has the most power wins. Or whoever's the closest to 15, or their victory total wins, um, and then they go through another a, a number of other tiebreakers. Um, yeah, I love, the, of which I love is, the fact you specified that because of Maesters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, or Wildlings. Yeah, yeah, my um, yeah. Uh, I actually came third in the world's melee in my game instead of second because uh, I was further away from my win total, even though I had more power because I was running uh, Night's Watch agenda. 
Um, and that meant that I finished in the top 12 instead of the top 8, and that affected the swag I got. Uh, and I, we didn't catch it at the time, but I caught it you know, 15 minutes later and had to find someone to give them the tokens because you know, I hadn't earned them, I was third. Um, yeah, but now if that happens, Dave, you can go, tough shit, it's your fault, you should have looked at yourself, sucker. Basically. And that's what FFG did, yeah. isn't it? Well, I already had the tokens from the joust, so I wasn't too upset. That's because you're a good, honest Englishman. It is, yeah. And I was going to give them to a good, honest Frenchman for building my mellow deck. <laughs> so it didn't really bother me. Um, where were we? Yeah, so the first tiebreaker is obviously who is the closest to their victory condition that they win. The second one is the number of cards left in your deck. And Kid had drawn 30 cards. And this other guy had drawn 30 cards. But Kid had 61 cards in his deck. And the other guy had 62 cards in his deck. And therefore won. Oh, no! I thought When you said that he had 61 cards in his deck, I thought, yeah, banter number. Yeah, Kid knows how to He's do it. He's going to win here. <laughs> uh, no, unfortunately... Kid was not to win. He was eliminated. And quite rightly, he was a bit salty about it. Um, but I've, apparently, he's got over it. The If it was up to me, I would bring draws back. But obviously not allow intentional draws. I feel like that we had a perfectly good system in first edition. But it does seem neater, yeah. I mean, <laughs> draws were very rare. Yeah. I mean, th- this happened twice at Gen Con. Two people were eliminated on the uh, on this tiebreaker. Or not eliminated, they lost games on this tiebreaker. Wow. Um, which is remarkable. Really? I've seen maybe four draws. Uh, they have been more common in second edition than they were in first edition. I saw one draw in first edition that I can remember, and that was Peel at Starlek. Whoop, whoop. I've seen at least two draws in second edition. So... Why? I don't understand why that is. That's well, a part real... of it's slow Night's Watch players. That was at least yeah. some of them. Um, one of them was Jakob and Sam Bratz at Worlds, and that was just a, you know, Clash of the Titans, every little power helps, and they both ended the game on about six power because it was just so intense. Challenge um, map, a clock. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it happens. Um, but personally, yeah, bring back draws. Just don't let people do them deliberately. If people want to spend their time, you know, an hour deliberately getting a draw, then whatever, I don't care. <laughs> it's yeah, you, no, you too can right waste now, your time doing that and doing it so it's not obvious that you're stalling and deliberately manipulating the system then uh, fine waste your time like that I don't care just, just play the game man um, yeah totally so uh, yeah they've also got rid of mod losses completely you get zero points for a mod loss okay yeah what do you get from so you can't have a mod win even still then. get four points for a mod win what? Okay, no, so, sorry, I was, I was about to explode there, but no, I caught myself before I did it. It does make sense, don't worry. Yep, yeah, sorry, carry on. Uh, what you'll expe- yeah. I expect to see more people conceding just before time, or just after time. Because it's more advantageous for you to concede and get five points on your strength of schedule than it is to get four points on your strength of schedule. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's now, oh, that's whether that is technically manipulating scoring, I know at Reading, Tagore forbade someone from... Uh, from conceding after time had been called. He said, nope, this is it. If you concede, they will still get a mod win because there is no way that he can finish this turn. Like, it is going another round, therefore it is a mod win. <laughs> uh, which is fair point. enough. Yeah. Um, Do a death. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, basically, yeah, that was the next drama. 
drama number three was the top four, where um, Seth played uh, friend of the cast. Seth played yeah. um, played against a another DC player, Chad. Uh, except he didn't. I wonder against, what happened here. He didn't play against the DC player, Chad, because uh, Chad said, "I'm knackered. I've got to meet a friend anyway. Take the game." Uh, before they drew cards, before they shuffled their decks, they called over a judge and said, "He just said, I want to concede. I have places to be, and I'm knackered, so there's no chance of me winning this anyway." And off he went. Now, I'm not sure if that's morally right. I have no real issue with it. It's odd. I wouldn't do it, but I no, understand I, I, why he did. I kind of want to have an issue with it. I feel like duty bound to sort of say that's outrageous, fucking hell. Yeah. But actually, like whatever, fair enough. But I'd rather he had done it before the top eight. I feel yeah. like it, uh, normally, if you know that you can't make it, yeah, but you that, never like, know where you're gonna. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like if I knew that I couldn't play the final. I would drop before the cut because it would allow someone I else would... to take my place in the cut. But then you wouldn't get the prizes. Uh, well, it depends on the tournament. Sometimes they give the prizes out anyway, or they just say, "Look, mate, you're not going to get the top eight prize because you didn't actually make the top eight. If you make top four, go for it." But you know, sometimes they do it like that. Uh, I have heard of people take the prizes and then just walk off before the game starts. You know, because they need to go, which is not ideal. But there you go. So uh, that was the next. Uh, that was the next drama. But Ooh, is there more? Doesn't really bother me. The last one is happened in the final, obviously, because you've got to have drama in a final. Uh, and that was when um, Seth refused to have the game recorded um, because, uh, well, for whatever reason, uh, he didn't want the game recorded. He didn't want it published online. Uh, he has since said that um, he felt like he didn't play as well when it was being filmed because he's conscious of the camera which is you know fair enough I totally understand that uh, but it, it, it obviously it came out online with complete drama and it's like oh my god Seth's going to cheat it is just like Pearson in um, Conquest and he's going to draw three cards <laughs> a turn uh, <laughs> I was just like well maybe that is how Seth's been doing so well all these years uh, but probably not someone would have caught him unlikely. Um, yeah. yeah, so now, no matter how much chip we give him, uh, I'm not too fussed over the two dramas that Seth has brought about this uh, this time. Uh, so in the end, the forces of good, with our good friend from SoCal, Chris Chantal, with his Lanny Dragon, boo, uh, saved the day. So can we have a cheer for Chris? Hooray! Peel? Hooray! You say our good friend. I don't know who this guy is. Oh, well, he's, he's my friend. And he's SoCal. SoCal are cool. Some of us have never been to America, Dave. <sighs> yeah, but he's very prominent online. Um, he's a player who's... He's not using the internet, Dave. He's not played... He's not playing... Um, he's Imrahil on the boards. Oh, OK. Right. Yeah, yep. there we go. OK. Um, he's not playing Lannister because Lannister are good, although that is one reason. He's been playing Lannister as his main house for, you know, ten years. So, uh, oh, yeah, okay. It's, it's not just, oh, I'm going to play Lannister for the best. He's just like, what can beat Lannister? Can't really find anything, but it's not really an issue because I like playing Lannister anyway. Okay, so that's the Gen Con joust. Uh, the next day was the Gen Con melee. Um, and unlike their 
more disappointing results than they would like results uh, in the joust. Um, our good friends Kev and Whammer both made the cut in the the, the melee. Congratulations. Uh, the, the melee in the end was won by Dark Notch. So, congratulations that, to him. That, that scrub. Yeah, yeah, he loves winning uh, melee tournaments. Okay, um, so Craven, do you want to take over the bit about the draft? I've I've talked a lot to my to myself the last thirty minutes, and it's probably well. I I wish now I wasn't assembling Warhammer figures and had actually been um, <laughs> uh, looking at future spoilers. Um, you know, I'm actually assembling Warhammer figures as well. No, you're not. Uh, I well, I was while you were talking earlier. Oh, what? Yeah. What are you assembling? Um, I've I've got Warhammer Quest. Oh right. Uh, and I I've already assembled that, but I bought some extra things to go with Warhammer Quest. So I'm assembling oh. them now. I've got some uh, Screamers of Tzinch. Oh nice. I'm, doing. I'm just doing the tail. Uh, so yeah. I was uh, assembling some lizard men. Ooh. Mm. Right. This is awkward. Um, right. Draft then. I better go and find these pictures. Where the fuck would I find the pictures at this time of night? Um, no, that's probably not the easiest way. Cargo DB. Cargo DB. That would be yeah. in the forums. <laughs> so, if people have played, anyone listening to this, obviously I don't know if you played draft or not. Not involved in the two-way conversation. So I'm going to assume you haven't, and I will briefly explain all what draft is. Um, you're given a little starter deck with um, you know various kind of important parts of the deck ready to go, and then you sit in a group of people called a pod. And they hand round a big stack of cards, and they take one that they fancy, and they pass it to you, and you take one. And a lot of these handfuls of cards are moving around simultaneously, so you'll sometimes get a good chance of pulling something off the top, and sometimes you'll get a just shit that no one wants. Uh, you throw a deck together, and off you go, and play a little jazz tournament. Um, would I be right in thinking, Dave, that now cards are kind of marked by kind of rarity almost, or at least how good they are? In a limited format, is that right? They are marked by rarity, yep. Rare, uncommon, uncommon, and starter. Yeah. So, it's um, something for X-Magic, or at least CCG players to kind of get their head around as well. You do get better quality cards in this, which not everyone's got an access to. And it just shakes things up a little bit. I, I really like Draft every time I've played it. It's been good fun. Um, so, in the Draft sets, you get occasionally um, Draft-only cards, which you can only use in Draft tournaments. Um, but sometimes you get cards which are coming out in future packs. They sneak them into a draft set as a little little surprise. Um, and there was a few that popped up from Gen Con, which we've got pictures of. And some of them are quite tasty. Um, the ones I'm looking at right now are probably the, the group I like the best, um, slash the ones I found the quickest. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's a plot and two characters. Uh, the plot is quite interesting. Um, Little Fingers Meddling. Have you guys seen this one? I have. I have not. Okay, then, Peel, allow me to explain. Um, Little Fingers Meddling is 411, Kingdom and Scheme. Um, scheme may become relevant later on in the show. Um, and it says reduce the cost of each event you play by two. And it's got a pretty decent reserve of six. Um, so that's quite exciting. It's quite a good one. Um, there's a new Stannis coming out. Uh, Stannis, he's got the King and the Lord trait. He's loyal. Seven gold. Or seven pence. How do you say that? Suppence? Uh, Seppidums. Seppence. Seppence. Yep. So, so he costs seppence. 
Uh, he's got a military and a power icon. Six strength, pretty beefy. Um, during power challenges, each participating non-king character gets minus one strength. And that's a reaction after you win dominance. Choose a non-loyal character. That character cannot stand during the standing phase of this round. Which is pretty good. I like that a lot. He well good, didn't he? I wish he had renown, though. Well, that's what Lightbringer's for. True. Is it? Yeah, Library true. gives Stannis renown, so yes. It does. <laughs> mm. And then we've got Brienne of Toff. Uh She costs flippants, um, which is five. Uh, military power, five strength. She is a lady. Lady! She has native renown. And whilst you control a king character or Catelyn Stark, Brienne does not kneel when declared as a defender. Nice. She's not nice. Pretty solid. Um, and one of the big things coming out of Gen Con was um, Rhaenys' Hill was being reprinted um, under a different name and quite a different sort of price point it cost uh, a sixpence um, and it's now called House of the Undying uh, the calf trait making a comeback there um, now Rhaenys' Hill did exactly the same thing so that would be challenge action Remove House of the Undying from the game to choose an opponent. Put each character in that player's dead pile into play under your control. Oh. At the end of a phase, return each of those cards to its owner's dead pile, and they cannot be saved. It shall be a raffle. It's, it's massive. I mean, six gold, obviously a lot of people would look about and go, fucking hell, that's expensive. That's a lot. Yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's the winning move. You do that when you're going to win. Yeah, I mean, how I much did this cost in first edition, Dave? Four. Was it four? Yeah, and it was discard rather than removed from the game, so you could recur it. Do it again, yeah. So, if, yeah, that got abused, didn't it? So, yeah. it's nice that they fixed that element of it. But um, that's massive. That is a massive card, and God, imagine putting that in draft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, the bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Looks like I've just won lunch. Imagine being handed this in a pod and someone's passed on it. I mean, what the <laughs> fuck did they take? Um, <laughs> this is the sort of card that in draft if you were thinking yeah I'm going to do like a Martell like Lion oh fuck no I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm changing plans yeah yeah. so yeah that was some, some pretty tasty stuff there um, I've I've read the stats on a Victorian as well um, which apparently appeared in draft um, sounds quite exciting um, he is I can't find the stats now. I don't know where they've gone. Um, I can't remember exactly his stat line. He's pretty beefy, but his ability was, uh, if he would be killed, uh, discard two power from him to save him, which is pretty sexy. Yep. Yeah. He's got Intimidate and Renown as well. And Intimidate um, is always fun. Yep. And Vermetic as well, because he's one Intimidating mm. motherfucker. Oh, yeah. So I'm happy Victorian's back. Yeah. He's he is a BMF. He's he's really really efficient, and like like his sta- he's brilliant, isn't he? Just all round, like yeah, one of the best six like costs it. in the game, I reckon. Yeah, really like it. Which is you know he's probably better than Euron. Oh, definitely. Much like Balon is. Like Balon yeah, is well. the kind of heart and soul of that faction. Which um, spoiler alert for when we get around to doing the chapter back two review um, is half the reason why the new Balon is shite. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to that eventually. Um, that's about it, actually. I can't think of any more off the top of my head which really turned 
turn me around. So, um, did any more pop out of you, Dave? Yes. Go on, him. Uh, he's forecast. I've purposely left this one for you. I hope you realise. <laughs> yeah, he's forecast. He's uh, a non-loyal Martel character, which makes me sad. Uh, he should be loyal. Um, he is military and power. He has. Can't be sad about that. He was dual crested before. Yes, yes, but he sh- nobody else should be able to play with my toys. Like, <laughs> come, come and play. Come and play with me in Martel if you want to play with all the fun Martel things. Don't don't go splashing them out of house. Banners. Anyway, he is a Kingsguard, he is a knight, and his name is the Right Sir Aris Oakheart. He is no attack <laughs> except weapon, and he is a reaction after the Right Sir Aris Oakheart enters play. Pay two gold to choose an ally character and discard it from play. Holy smokes! And he is, has the flavour text, There have always been men who found it easier to speak vows than to keep them. Uh, that is because he broke his Kingsguard v- vows with Ariane. And looking at the Ariane art, you know, who can blame him? Mate, I'd break all sorts of vows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Arisokart is really, really, really good. He's immune to first snow and ward, importantly. He can hold all the important weapons, like uh, <laughs> Hotar's axe, if they reprint that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Venomous Blade, more importantly. Yeah. Uh, go back to yeah that goes bow um, <laughs> if you go back to our flea bottom fracas uh, recap from last year you can hear all about me moaning about uh, former or former European champ Donovan Van Beek and how he can't play Aris Oakart because uh, he didn't realise all these things but this one yes he can hold weapons he's not just no attachments just like the old one and his reaction it's after he enters play not just when you play him or when you marshal him you can put him into play with Ariane or you can put him into play with House of the Undying and then you can trigger his thing for two gold and you choose an ally character and you remove them oh he's removal he's he's awesome he's wonderful I love him he was one of my favourite characters in first edition Sorry, does uh, he have renown? no he doesn't have renown anymore shit then isn't he? yeah <laughs> he used to be he used to be like <laughs> the best thing ever uh, but this is one of the reasons that we've been rating things badly if they have the ally trait, because we knew at some point that there must be, or we, we assumed, rather, we didn't know there would be ally hate, but you know, we knew in our hearts that there would be ally hate at some point. It was such a prominent yeah. part of first edition. And the main one that saw play was Aris, one of in every single Martell and Lannister deck, um, unless you were a bad person like Josh. Um yeah. So yeah, he's just he's just really good. By Theon, by Jack and Hagar, who's just been spoiled. By Littlefinger, I've got Aris. So yeah. yeah. But you need that tasty two gold, don't you? So unfortunately, well, might as well play him in Lanny. It's still only six gold for a solid bot. Well, a body with, uh, you know, with removal, you can reduce the four, part of the four. You can put him into play with Ariane and then only pay the two, like. Yeah. Which is super thematic as well. Very. Yeah. It's almost like they thought about this one. Mm. Um, yeah, so he was my favourite card. Uh, one of the cards I, that you know jumped out at me was Corrin Halfhand. Not because I find him particularly interesting, but because they've changed the art. Uh, it's a reprint of a first edition card, although it's way better than the first edition version. Um, and it's designed by a melee champion, Jonathan Benton. But... 
it no longer has the same artwork, so it no longer has Jonathan Benton's face on it. Oh. Which is sad. The artwork wasn't the best, though, let's be honest. No, this is better artwork, but it doesn't have Jonathan on it. There are two cards we should probably discuss um, that were spoiled. Uh, the God's Eye. A unique three-cost location. The God's Eye cannot be discarded from play. Plus one gold, plus one reserve. So non-limited gold production. Yes. Three-cost and unique. What do we reckon? Um, I think that card makes you think that perhaps FFG expected newly made Lord to be a bit scarier than it actually is. Right. Because I, yeah, I, no, no. I think without the protection, it is unplayable. Definitely. With the protection, I don't really know why you'd bother. Well, You're going to have to have three turns to get your money back on that. So what what use is drawing this going into, like, round four? Yeah, you can say the same thing about the Arbor. True, the, Arbor the Arbor's more, uh, more extreme, I of could, course. But. I could say that. There is one thing that excites me. Mm. That's been leaked, and I think we definitely should mention. What? Begins with a V. Well, Valor. Right there. Yeah, I know, but that was sport ages ago. We wouldn't discuss that. What section of spoilers are we on? There's so we're, many. We're going through the draft ones, so you kind of have to be aware of which ones are the draft ones. <laughs> there you see at the bottom of the card, they got the little gold icon. I mean, more importantly, Pio, I mean, you you are on this show. Like, we, we've talked about Valor before. <laughs> It's there, and I've seen it printed, and I can see the artwork, so I got excited. It's just made it real. Yeah, it <laughs> in, in fairness, we may have, when it was actually spoiled, we may not have covered it for whatever reason, but I'm pretty sure we did. Um, I'm sure one of us made a sarky post about it, at least. I'm assuming we always knew it was coming, to be fair, so it wasn't really something that could be spoiled. Yeah, the stats were spoiled. Yeah. Anyway. What do you think? What's your hot take on Valor, then, Peel? Go on, we want to get it while we're here. <laughs> it's good. It's like exactly the same. <laughs> 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 Remarkable. Um, so yeah, I mean, the God's Eye is in the same pack as Valor. And it is good with Valor because it gives you gold and reserve. So it's the perfect kind of card to drop on a Valor turn. Uh, or just before a Valor turn. Um... So maybe in that kind of meta, it might be better. But, better in but Dave, that kind of meta. You can't use that as a barometer for how good a card is. Like, oh, it's good to drop before Valor. Well, yeah, it sounds like a duped timing. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, a dupe is good before Valor. But like, this is a card that is virtually useless now, but with Valor, it gets exponentially better. Like, Tywin is always good, and duped here is always better. But this card is, I wouldn't play this now. With Valor, I might consider it. Yeah, I'm, I am. I mean, all, all pissed taken aside, it's nice to see some variation in economy because I think we desperately need that. <laughs> so I like that. I, I'm, I'm glad to see that at least. Okay. What do you reckon to Jack and Hagar? Well, that's a lot of text, isn't it? Seven. He's a tricon. Five strength. He's an ally. Ah, oh, shit. Um, reaction <laughs> after after Jay Heasy enters play. Place a Vanna Magala's token. Ooh. Oh. Oh, I smell a prize kit. 
fodder. Um, <laughs> on up to three different unique characters. On up to three. Okay, that's good. If Jay Heasy leaves play, discard those tokens from play. After you win a challenge in which Jacken is attacking a long choosing killer character with a Valak Magalis token. Um. Uh, it's going to be good in Lannister. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> isn't it? Um, he's kind of fulfilling the same design space as Miri in a way, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but it opens it up from not having to be in sort of Tog. So yeah, he's he's all right. I like him. Um, but I'm not sort of fist pumping about it. It's interesting. I'd rather feed the birds. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that you don't remove the Valamogulus token when you win the challenge. So if they dupe them, you can just get them again the next turn or the next challenge being standard, which is interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. It's good design. I like it. I, I like the presence of it. He's different. He's good. He's different. That's what we need. We need a bit of diversity. We need to start getting some options brought in. Okay. <laughs> um, let's talk about the big draw then, shall we? Yeah. Where's it, it gone? I've got to get all these texts right. I've got it open if you if you want to know. Go on, then, Peel. Yeah. Yeah. You sure? All right. Because Dave conveniently sent me a picture of it just two minutes ago. Well, not two minutes ago. Two hours ago. This is the one. This is the do. This is the thing we're excited for. And and this is the card that's just come out. It's called the Reigns of Castamere. You may be familiar with the Reigns of Castamere. Some would say it's a song, but in this case, it's an agenda. Uh, your plot deck must be tw- your plot. Sorry, your plot deck must be twelve cards. You're here live exactly- as Peel's reading it for the first time on air. <laughs> <laughs> Never read that before. For some reason when I read What's your a plot, plot deck, deck? <laughs> in my head it just went your deck. Why would your deck be twelve cards? That's, That's ludicrous. <laughs> three copies of Tywin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three half your Three hounds, <laughs> three reducer Judd, three much and more. <laughs> oh, can you imagine drawing up at the start? One, two, three, four. Right, oh, there we go. Play two cards. You'd be decked by like the first round. Um, would still win games. <laughs> the Reigns of Casimir is a lovely new agenda. It's also got subtext. A song. Your plot deck must be twelve cards, including exactly five different scheme cards. Mm, scheme. During the plot phase, scheme cards are no longer considered to be in your plot deck. Ah, so those are those five extra schemes are doing fuck all there. But reaction after you win an intrigue challenge by five or more strength, kneel your faction card to reveal a scheme plot. If that card leaves play, remove it from the game. Colin Peel, what's your hot take on that? I don't really like it. I'm not a fan of injury challenges. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay, and now, just in general, rather than you personally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the fact that it's bringing in some new elements into the game, which we haven't seen before. Yeah, man. Um, it's going to be a little bit more interesting than just military, 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 power, power, power. Oh, look at that. One of us is one eventually after flooding the board quicker. Cool. Cool. Um, Dave? Um, I think it's bloody fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
I like plot manipulation. He does. Uh, I don't like playing against plot manipulation, but I like playing with it. Um, I like intrigue challenges, and they're, yeah. with the exception of Tears of Lease, they're not very prevalent at the moment. Um, I like playing intrigue heavy houses, particularly Martel, who are going to enjoy this very, very much. Um, with all that icon removal, yeah, you can uh, you can take those intrigue icons away, win nice and easily. Um, you can oh. use it in Martel to flip a new plot into your used pile for a turn, so you can trigger Doran's game for more power, or the Viper for whatever, you know, all these fun things. Um, fun things. Dave, yeah. that is incorrect. What? You can't use it to trigger Doran's game for more power. Yes, you can. Why? Because you reveal the new plot, which puts your previously revealed plot in your used pile. So, for that turn, you will have... Yeah, so if you've just revealed your third plot, you reveal plot four, which is from the scheme deck, and yes. then suddenly you'll have three plots in your used pile. And then, at the beginning of the plot phase... You reveal a new one, which will, for about half a second, be your fifth plot, and then the fourth one will be removed, so it'll be your fourth plot. So you can trigger this, and then immediately afterwards triggers Doran's game for a power more than you would have done without this. Okay, so what you're saying is that if you reveal a new plot using this ability, you have to remove your old one. Yeah, it doesn't remove it, it just reveals a new plot, yeah. Just like Shadows Ariane would have done. New scheme plot. Oh, okay, right. I take it back then. Sorry, I misunderstood slightly. I was almost like reveal, like, haha, look what this does, and then you fuck it off. I didn't realise you <laughs> reveal it in terms of like you go through the mechanics of being revealed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Change your claim halfway through a challenge. If you reveal a two claim plot with this, suddenly it's a two claim intrigue plot which you can use uh, trial by combat on, or you flip wildfire and then suddenly they've only got three characters and. Um, then you, you can use trial by combat, combat. or uh, you flip uh, little fingers meddling, and then use a cheeky free tears of lease, which you didn't have the gold for before. Mm. All sorts of things. Um, it's really, really, really good. It's fantastic. I I'm so excited to play with it. I really like it. Um, I a little bit kind of because it's just going to make Lannister better and I kind of want to see Lannister take down a pick or two but look at this in context it's coming in their, in their sort of deluxe box you know everyone's going to get their time in the sun so yeah fine whatever um, I think it's a great really really interesting piece of design so well done to everyone involved in making this happen um, especially you Alvaro Rodriguez as it is your champ card yeah exactly um <laughs> It's a lot better than Craven. I'll give him that. Um, but it kind of suggests there's going to be more really interesting stuff like this coming down the pipe, and that makes me really happy. I want to see more really interesting things like this. Um, are we quite late in the day in the old in first ed? We got Black Sails and yes. Dark Wings, which were interesting ways, which fundamentally altered the way your deck looked. So we're getting this early in this in the new world um, I like to think that means there's going to be consistently released cards like this and that makes me really happy Lannister have all these big effects which are great and they work off injury challenges and that's great and they've got all these things um, but Martel have the icon control and the intrigue abuse to do it just as well and 
Martel have yeah. Most importantly, Martel have the intrigue icon control to stop other people playing this and to abuse yep. it themselves, and which is great. They have things like um, they can flip trading with the Batoshi, and then they can use uh, this to put long plan into play in the challenges phase. So you yeah. go first with trading, you count all your gold, you win an entry challenge, put out um, long plan, and suddenly you're going to be sat on a stack of gold before your Valor next turn, that kind of thing. Um, which is great. And more importantly, this is going to be a fantastic agenda for Tyrell. Um, they've got the strength pumps to force through the challenge when they need it. They've got pulling the strings, a scheme that they can get on demand, which is one of the most versatile plots in the game anyway. Um, they're really going to enjoy it. Well, so yeah, so that, that's what I want to say. That I'm not sure Lannister enjoy this as much as those other two factions. Are we not slightly overstating Martell's intrigue ability here? No, no it's not Martell. Sorry, not Martell. Tyrell. Uh, Tyrell have a solid intrigue play presence. Um, it could perhaps be increased by a banner. Oh no, it can't if they're playing this. Um, I think it is solid. They've got a lot of stuff that keys off intrigue challenges already, haven't they? They've got Elena's cunning. We've got Elena's cunning. Um, the lady herself, obviously. Yeah. Um, but. But most importantly, they have the strength boosts to be able to force it through. They do, yeah. They can at least rely on that. So. Cool, man. It's a really good design, and like I said, I'm happy. I'm happy to see it. It's exciting. It makes me feel invigorated. We're getting a lot of... Well, not a lot. We're getting agendas coming now. We desperately need them, I think, to freshen things up. They're one of the best ways of uh, doing a lot with a little mm. new agenda. Give you some options. Do we have much else to add, or are we kind of uh, kind of done there? I think that kind of brings us to a to a close. Okay, it's the closest I can get to a sign off without retching. <laughs>